0: One of the more pleasant surprises to come out of 2022 was *Reacher*, an Amazon TV adaptation of the Lee Child novels about a big, hulking ex-soldier traveling across the U.S. and getting into all kinds of wacky escapades along the way. In an entertainment landscape dominated by superheroes, tedious postmodern deconstruction, and the The message, message, it was a show that evoked memories of a simpler, more innocent, and less divisive era of filmmaking—an unapologetically masculine, heroic, emotional. Guarded male lead who makes his own decisions, kicks ass with the best of them, and isn't burdened by a strong, empowered girl boss who upstages him at every opportunity. A grounded, serious plot set in the real world that's more interested in telling a compelling story than pushing some tedious social-political message. Tight, smart, insightful dialogue that's used sparingly instead of acting as verbal diarrhea spouted by neurotic, self-deprecating, hyperactive children trapped in adult bodies. In short, it was the kind of show that most modern Hollywood writers actively despise, but funnily enough, it was also exactly what audiences have been missing for years. And hats off to them, it was pretty satisfying to see a faithful adaptation of the Lee Child novels instead of... you know... (coughs) Anyway, a season 2 was inevitable and a few days ago I finally got the chance to sit down and watch it and I have to admit, it was pretty good. Not great, and arguably not quite on the same level as season 1, but more than enough to get the job done, especially right now when there's very little competition in the genre. So grab your protein shake as I take you through the plots. The season begins with Reacher doing what he does best, wandering around small town America and beating the shit out of guys who do bad things to good people. Pretty standard Reacher stuff, but things change when one of his old army buddies shows up dead just outside of New York. And clearly, the man did not die of natural causes. Realising he was involved in something much bigger, and that he's going to need backup if he wants to resolve this, Reacher reassembles his former army special investigation team to go after the killers. Pretty soon, the body count begins to rise as assassins, thugs and bikers are sent out to stop Reacher and his team at any cost, while the NYPD pick up the trail and start causing problems for them too. Each clue brings them closer to uncovering a conspiracy between a shady defence contractor and corrupt politicians to Sell classified weapons to foreign terrorists. But as Reacher closes in on his enemies, who can he really trust, and what will he have to sacrifice to stop them? In my experience, the Reacher books generally fall into two possible categories. One is the modern day Western, where Reacher wanders into some no name town at the ass end of nowhere, uncovers some shady goings on by local bad guys that's inflicting harm on the community, and decides to dispense some good old fashioned ass kickings until it's all been straightened out. The second kind is the 24 style espionage thriller where Reacher gets pulled into some big conspiracy involving the government, the FBI or the Pentagon and has to use his military experience to dispense some good old fashioned ass kickings until it's all been straightened out. Season 2 falls neatly into the latter category and I think it was a logical choice to shake things up rather than follow the same formula as Season 1. The stakes have definitely been raised, there's a sense that Reacher's now part of a much bigger world with more dangerous and ruthless people out to get him. That being said, a lot of the usual tropes of the Reacher universe are present and correct here, like the idea that you can just straight up admit to killing multiple people in front of a police detective and expect to walk away with no repercussions. Or that a group of hitmen will have Reacher dead to rights but insist on fighting him hand to hand instead of just shooting him because they DON'T Don't WANT want TO ATTRACT attract ATTENTION. attention. Jesus Christ, the guy's the size of a fucking Humvee, do you really think you're gonna take him down in a fist fight? Also, this is New York City we're talking about here. You could probably reenact the Battle of Stalingrad in the middle of the street and nobody would give a shit. In terms of scope and scale, it's definitely a bigger and more ambitious season than the first with more fight scenes, chases and explosive shootouts, and while it's generally pretty well handled, there's a few sequences that stuck out for me because they devolve into typical action movie cliches that I really wouldn't have expected in a show like this. Like supposedly well-trained military vets who just stand out in the open blasting away at Reacher instead of using cover, concealment and movement to outflank him, villains who open a chopper door and then conveniently turn their backs so that Reacher can climb aboard unseen. An antagonist who dispatches low-rent hitmen, biker gangs and street punks to take out an elite team of military investigators and then acts surprised when they totally fail. On that subject actually, the main baddie Langston was a bit of a damp squib for me. He's kind of bland and forgettable, neither a physical powerhouse nor a cunning intellect, so he doesn't really excel at anything. He never has anything particularly smart or insightful to say and you never get the sense that he's in control of of the situation. He spends most of his time just walking around the same boring R&D facility talking to people on his phone, and it's not helped by an apathetic performance by Robert Patrick who doesn't seem to know how to play him. Ferdinand Kingsley, son of the legendary Ben, is actually a lot more interesting as an international arms dealer, slick and sophisticated and well-spoken, but he's chronically underused in a script that basically keeps him in a holding pattern. He spends most of the season driving and flying to different places for no particular reason, and by the time he finally does show up, his part's over before it's even begun. On the plus side, Alan Richson is still on top form as Reacher, cool and calm and analytical as always, and a dominant presence whenever he's on screen. I mean, how could you not be when you weigh more than the rest of the cast put together? At this point, the dude looks like a condom stuffed full of walnuts whenever he takes his shirt off. God knows what the catering budget for this show must have been. Matching him up with his former team is a neat idea in theory that gives him characters with a personal connection to bounce off and a series of flashbacks backs helps to flesh out his time in the military. The problem is that there's really more of them than things for them to do, so it feels like the script has to keep thinking up reasons to remove some of them from play. If it were me, I'd probably merge the two girls into a single character because they're so functionally similar that they might as well be the same person anyway. It would also help to cut down on the problem that so many shows like this run into, taking actresses that have clearly never thrown a punch in their adult lives and trying to sell the idea that they can fight multiple men twice their size, in high heels no less. Season 1 was smart enough to avoid that trap for the most part and it's a shame to see them indulge it here. Overall though, I think Season 2 delivers a pretty satisfactory continuation of the Reacher franchise, broadening the scope and working in characters and backstory that helped to flesh out a world that was only hinted at in the first season. Yeah, it's not quite as tightly written and carefully constructed, and if it had come out 20 years ago it probably would have gotten lost against bigger and better competition like 24 or The Wire. But hey, times have changed and apart from the terminal list, Reacher is one of the few shows of its kind out there, so I guess it kind of wins by default then. Just like its protagonist, it's not particularly sophisticated, complex or unique because it's not trying to be. It's content to be exactly what it is, delivering the kind of old school, hard-hitting action, big burly heroic leads, beautiful women and tense drama that used to be such a winning formula on American TV. And who knows, maybe one day it will be again. Anyway, that's all I've got for today, go away now.